Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Light Body Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lara May, and I am here today with Christy Murray. She's a functional wellness and infertility consultant. Hello and welcome. Hi, Lara. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to share my story and um, and help out other people. Yeah. So, uh, so let's start there. What is your story? How did you get to be an infertility consultant? Um, so like most infertility consultants, we are giving back. I'm a mom of two now, but before I got to this point, I got married late, didn't think I was going to have a problem conceiving and having kids, but I ended up, me and my husband, we ended up trying for three years, which was a shocker because everything was normal. I had like cycles. I would have them every month, pretty healthy because I was an army veteran. So pretty active and really living a good lifestyle. So then when we were ready to, to start our family, it wasn't happening <laughs> and it took a while. So research after research. So now it's really, it's, it's a topic that, that near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. because going through it, I wouldn't want any woman to go through it alone or, you know, if they do go through it, I, you know, I just want them to be empowered and really be aware of like, of the signs are and how to take care of themselves and then attain the family that they want to build. Yeah. So let's start there. What are some of maybe the signs or even, you know, is there stuff that shows up in our younger years? And I mean, younger years by like in our twenties or even our late teens as women that would maybe cue us in to something that we need to almost like uh, proactively balance or heal or something like that? Yeah. So one of the things that I'm noticing um, for a lot of women is like, it doesn't matter young or old, it's like their cycles. They, Mm. a lot of women, like they just wait for it and they don't know like when it's coming or how long it is, or we like, when did it start? Um, So yeah. So like if you, if someone has normal cycles, they just wait for it. Mm. And then like, when, uh, when you're younger, then if you do start noticing that, okay, this is kind of off, it's like, it's really just good to be aware of your body, no matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. And the first thing to be aware of that is, you know, get a simple calendar and just like, okay, I have my, my cycle this month. Boom. Just put a dot on that calendar. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a lot of details, just that. So then when you start feeling off or like, wait a minute, this like month is late or maybe it's shorter or I feel like I just had my period last month. So then you just look at the calendar and then, you know, it's just like one piece of information that will kind of clue you in to where, okay, I'm having cycles more often or I'm cycle, I'm having cycles like every three months. So that's one clue that, okay, something is off. Yeah. So would you say that a quote unquote normal cycle is still, you know, 21 to 28 days or, you know, what, what is your opinion about 
a quote unquote normal <laughs> cycle. <laughs> I use that word sure. loosely. <laughs> yes, exactly. So like 25, 27 days to 34 to 35 days. Oh, okay. So wow. All right. So I was off. <laughs> yeah. It cool. varies. So like okay. the thing is like your pattern, your pattern may be every 34, 35 and then that's how it is. So that's normal for you. But when if like, if it keeps changing to where it's like, it's short this month and then next month it's long and then it's short again, or then it skips, then that's when you're like, okay, this is not right. Okay. And so I don't, I don't know about you and your early history, but for me, I was never regular in my cycle or predictable And when I went to the doctor, their solution was just, oh, we'll just put you on birth control, which now as a functional medicine practitioner, I know that that's just another form of hormone replacement, which probably caused a whole slew of other issues in my body that I didn't realize at the time. So um, what would be your suggestion for women that are just being told, well, let's just put you on birth control. That'll, you know, that'll quote, make you regular. Do you feel like that's a solution? It's a temporary solution. It really depends on the goal of the person. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be hypocritical because I do like prescribe that myself. So I'm not going to say that. No, it's bad for you. But then here I am prescribing it. So that's why, you know, like you have to be just aware of like, okay, it is a solution. It's a temporary solution, but you always have the choice to, well, you know, I'm going to change my diet or I'm going to look into other things that what's Mm. causing it to be off. Like I tell a lot of women that, okay, how's your lifestyle? Are you exercising a lot? Are you sleeping? How's your stress? Because as we all know, stress can really drive a lot of hormones out of whack. And a lot of athletes, as fit as they are, there's there comes to a certain point where they're overtrained and their cycle stops. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I've I've been an athlete uh, since I started competitively swimming when I was eight, but I was never to the point where I lost my cycle. But it, like I said, it was never regular. So who knows if that was an aspect of it too? I just think I love that you are doing this, and so many other healthcare practitioners are bringing more awareness to this because I I as again like a lot of this I'm relating to my my own story and my own, you know, trials and tribulations, I just feel like there was so much that wasn't discussed or even investigated. And so uh, what do you think is the best way to go about? Because I know one of your big tenets is advocating for yourself and, and helping women be their own advocate. So take us through like different suggestions for that. So like my number one suggestion is So like, first be aware of your body and your cycle. What happens when you're cycling? Do you get, you know, like certain pains? Do you get more bloated or like, what's the quality? Is it heavy or light or, you know, just like those details within yourself? You may, may not need to do anything about that, but that will drive what's causing you Mm. or what's causing you to have, you know, like certain symptoms. Mm -hmm. Another thing to look at is like we said, your lifestyle. Are you eating a lot of processed foods? Are you always stressing your body? I mean, acute stress is, you know, we all have stress in our lives, but when it becomes chronic is that when it starts like driving like your cortisol really high 
And then it affects your metabolism and everything else. Mm -hmm. So like those things, it sounds so simple, Mm -hmm. but it really, (laughs) it's like, it's a big piece of the puzzle. And we all, we all sacrifice sleep. I feel like, because we're like, oh, I can function in four or five hours of sleep. So that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Not me, (laughs) ma'am. Um, anyway, uh, so what about other body parts and health issues? So like your thyroid or your adrenals, or do women come to you and they think that it's just infertility, but then you find that there's other, these other things that are going on with them? Yeah, that's actually part of what we look at first, the thyroid. Um, and that's pretty easy to test. The provider can order the lab work for you and see if that's off. Um, and then, you know, you get like certain symptoms, Yeah, thyroid is one of those things too that can be driven by like, you know, just really stress. And then I know we had talked about it like before this interview, the endocrine disruptors, like the products that you use and all the chemicals that are in it, which, you know, we live in a world of easy and convenient. So it's like, okay, it's there and it smells good. That's what I'm going to use. And we need to be more aware of the products that we put into our bodies, the lotion, the makeup, the toothpaste, um, the products in the kitchen, like, you know, the plastics just, and it sounds overwhelming, but once you tackle those things, like little by little, Mm -hmm. it really, it's almost like you're detoxifying your body slowly by taking away those products and just looking for healthier alternatives. Because a lot of those products, actually, they trick your hormones. That's why they call them endocrine disruptors. Mm-hmm. They trick your hormones to not work properly. And we all know that only it only takes like one hormone in the cascade to be off and then everything can, can be right. off. Yeah. So um, I've been doing that myself. I've been on this clean eating journey for quite a few number of years now. And I finally got to the point it's like, um, and I heard someone say this the other day that you can't eat your way out of a toxic overload in your body. And I'm a pretty regular sauna person. And so I thought, oh, I'm doing all the good things. So finally, I, you know, it's just an, one of those things where you like pull back the next layer. Okay, what else can I do? And so I went through my entire kitchen and I got rid of almost all of the plastic and replaced it with glass, you know, for like food storage and that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And then I went through my entire bathroom mm-hmm. and uh, threw out a whole bunch of stuff that I'm sure you also use this tool, the EWG. Yes. Uh, yeah, the app. And so we can link to that in the show notes too, in case anyone's not familiar. They have a great tool where you can, even in the store, you can scan the barcode and it'll pop up their grades for it and their scales and it'll give you colors okay. like red, green, or yellow in terms of, you know, green means go, red means stop and <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, and it, it has been a process And for me, it came down to uh, adrenal exhaustion. Like my body just wasn't making cortisol anymore. So it wasn't making any of my sex hormones either. But it took me a while to get there, unfortunately. And I think a lot of us too, like you said, I think we'll circle back to the stress topic because for me, I was like, oh, I exercise regularly. I meditate. I do yoga. I sauna, you know. I do all these things. So I think what 
got me to where I am and and this new point of healing for me is that I didn't really think about all the different ways that stress that maybe I wasn't even defining it as stress because I thought I was doing all of these other things that were so right but I was on a graveyard schedule and again I convinced myself that that was fine because it was 7 days on and 7 days off so I would be on the same, even though it was the opposite. It was a flip schedule. I'd be on the same one for seven days and then I'd go back to normal. And I did that for like eight years, which was a long, a long time. Um, And finally my body just said no, you know? So yeah, I want to put that out there for people that sleep is super important. And not only that, because I was a good sleeper on my graveyard schedule. I would sleep anywhere from seven to nine hours on a regular basis, no problem. Um, but I think just that that circadian rhythm flip-flop yes. was the toll. And and I think people, we, we talk so much about sex hormones, which are, you know, estrogen, testosterone. Those are the ones that everyone knows the most about. And, but I don't think we really talk enough about cortisol and how oh, that, yes, and melatonin. And, and so all of the other ones that sort of, and, and like you said, it's all connected. And if one gets out of whack, it really can throw everything out of whack. So can you speak to that a little bit? Just the very delicate stool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, we can start with the circadian rhythm. So like person so busy going all the time. And then, you know, with technology, we have our cell phones, we have TVs, lights, laptops. There's actually these glasses that shield, you know, from blue light. And I've actually like tried it myself. So, and yeah, it kind of looks funny. My kids make fun of me. (laughs) I wear them at work still because there's so much blue light in my um, my professional job still. Yeah. 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 We're all staring at the screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it makes a difference because I do notice that when I do wear them, I sleep right away and I sleep better. And you sleep better, you wake up rested. You wake up rested, you have more energy either to work out or meal prep or, you know, just be in a better mood. Mm -hmm. Um, But like on the other hand, if you don't sleep, your sleep cycles off, you have your pituitary has been exposed to all these lights and you're not producing the melatonin. So your, your mind's thinking, no, I'm going to stay awake because it's bright. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you melatonin to help you wind down because unless it, it gets dark or unless you turn off all the lights, then it's going to signal to me that, hey, it's time to go to bed. And that's when we produce the melatonin. Mm-hmm. So that's one part that if it's off, it's like, okay, you wake up tired and then you're cranky and then you just grab, you know, whatever's, easy for food and then you don't have energy and you don't exercise. Yeah. It sounds simple, but it's really important that it's it's a good example of like some, just one thing can be off. Yeah. I think that's something good to point out is that, and this is something that I, and I'm sure there's plenty of us out there, the, the go, 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 the push, push, push type of people is that even when we're tired, we push through it, we ignore it, we caffeinate through it whatever it is, we still exercise, which really isn't, I mean, exercise is important, but at a certain point, you're sometimes doing more harm than good to your body. And, and again, to your adrenals, because those little 
uh, glands that sit on top of your kidneys, those adrenals, they're what help, you know, pump out the cortisol, which is part of your awakening response that will help you feel awake once you do get out of bed. And then there is a little bit of a cortisol spike when we're exercising, and, yes. and that should, that should be a healthy one. But if your body is already so exhausted that it's not pushing out the right cortisol or the right amount or at the right times, mm-hmm. then again, you're just adding insult to injury. So I think, yeah, the first, probably the first clue is that if you're tired all the time, then your body is screaming for help already. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're like exhausted from working out, mm-hmm. maybe you should take it easy. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, and you can still have healthy movement practice without pushing yourself too far. So I think again, like yoga, walking, you know, Mm -hmm. even hiking, being outside, you know, super regenerative and restorative, but, but not pushing yourself and, and thinking that you have to do A, B or C or, you know, cause I feel like a lot of it is, is mindset too. Like we beat up on ourselves if we don't, reach a certain goal or do a certain thing at how many ever times a week or a day or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And then like with a cortisol response, because your body's goal is to make sure that you survive when you're stressed. It doesn't matter what's like, what kind of stress it is. Your body just recognizes it as, oh, you're stressed. doesn't matter if it's like, you're just tired or like either you had a confrontation or like I use the example here in Alaska. Um, if you saw, you see a bear. Right? Yes. We have bears so like, too. I'm in Lake Tahoe. So yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, your cortisol spikes because that's your body's response to survival. Your cortisol spikes, your sugar spikes to give you energy so you can run and save yourself and stay alive. Well, everything is shunting to that purpose of staying alive. Reproduction is not priority at that time. So if your body's thinking that, well, no, my my main function right now is to keep you alive, not reproduction. Right. Not you and a little being growing inside of you. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So let's say that we're on the journey, we are wanting to get pregnant and we, you know, so we're getting serious about our stress and then we're getting serious about all the exogenous toxins. So our toxic burden, we're trying Mm -hmm. to relieve that a little bit. What else, what else is there? What's another piece of the puzzle? Well, you talked about mindset too. Our brain's up there for a reason. It it really drives everything. And, And I use the example of a lot of um, infertility patients who, you know, they try and try and try to get pregnant and then like getting pregnant becomes a chore. And then there's all these medications and all these appointments and all these tests to keep up with. And then like at a certain point, they just say, you know, what? I am just tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore or I want to take a break. Mm-hmm. So then they kind of let go and then they relax or go on vacation and then they get pregnant mm-hmm. on vacation or like on that cycle that they decided to take a break. Yeah. So that is kind of a, and I'm, I'm sure you see this a lot, a lot in your practice, but that is a catch 22. It's like, we stress ourselves out trying to (laughs) de-stress or you're like, we stress ourselves in a process. If it's not working out the way we expect or we want, then we just fixate. And so how do we not do that? (laughs) That's hard, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, yeah. And I was, I was talking to someone earlier too, about this, about like, 
someone telling you, oh, just relax. But then you're like, no, I can't relax. I'm trying to get free. I got to do all these things. And like, who are you to tell me to relax? You're not the one. <laughs> and then right. it's like you go through all this emotions. And, and then that's when we had talked about mindset that how do you handle yourself when someone, you know, like ask you, how come you're not pregnant yet? Or, mm. you know, it's like know yourself and how you respond to it. Just know, know your worth. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not less of a woman because you're having a hard time, you know, getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. You're not less of a woman because you're not a mom yet. So like know you're special in your own way. And there's a purpose for that and not compare yourself to someone who, oh, my husband looks at me and I'm pregnant. It's <laughs> yeah. like that's their story. You have your own. So I concentrate on your own mindset and, and on your own health. Mm-hmm. And then like just knowing how to respond to all these outside influences of people like asking you, even just having a phrase ready. Like if someone says, oh, coming up pregnant yet. You just say, because I'm not. And that's yeah. the end of that. And you don't, or, you don't you have know, to. Yeah, it. you don't have to give them a, an answer, but, or you could say like, I'm I'm healing myself on my way to creating this new life or, you know, any of those things that, yes. yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's very personal. So I, I, I try not to pry. And then other people feel like there's this whole cultural thing about like, it's so, it's so public too. And I think as a woman that Mm -hmm. it can be such a vulnerable place to be in is that it's this very personal thing that goes on with your body in your body. And Mm -hmm. then, but then you, you know, you have the doctors and all the healthcare practitioners and then your family and your friends. And then the people that you barely know that want to ask you all these questions and like be in your business. (laughs) So yes, I give props to all the women that are going through that and, you know, being able to say things lovingly, but with a healthy amount of boundaries with that too. Yes. And, and and I say this now because I was able to, you know, power through it, but because I'm in a different place now. So back then, you know, people were coming up to me and some more sensitive than others, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, I wish I had like, like a canned response ready for someone, you know, for everyone who would come up and ask like, you know, well, how come? And I wish I would have just said, well, why are you asking? <laughs> or, right. <laughs> or like... You gonna start college for my kids? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What else? So, how do you coach your clients through that? Do you um, do you help them? Is there like journaling or like do you like help them like get clear on maybe coming up with coming up with so they don't maybe feel so caught off guard or is it, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> so um. Uh, like there's three main things I like to um, coach my clients on. Like first is how, like the stuff that they're putting in their system, mm-hmm. the food, and then like the toxins products that they use. Another one is you know, lifestyle. Like how are you sleeping? Are you exercising not or too much? And then another thing is the mindset part of it. It's, and I feel like mindset is really more important because if someone has their mindset in check, mm-hmm. 
they can handle it anything, you know, like a lot of like infertile women are one of the most resilient women because you have to be resilient, just going through it. Yes. I was just going to say the word resilience is coming to mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which means like able to like really, to me, like the word resilient means like to roll with the punches, to be able to like move with an element of, of flow through challenge and still, you know, maintain to me, like a certain sense of autonomy and integrity and like sense of self. And like you said earlier, like self-worth, like know yourself. And you started Mm -hmm. that by saying like, as young women know your bodies and then continue that. But then I think also too, is there's something to be said for, you know, just as, as women in general, how we're raised and, and within our cultural dynamics is really, I think sometimes we actually have to make a concerted effort to like tune into ourselves and ask, who are we? Because, you know, we're pulled in so many different directions, regardless if we're trying to get pregnant or not. And sometimes I think like the infertility challenge can just maybe be like that icing on the cake of like, oh, this is just one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're told like what you should be doing. You're told how you should be or. Yeah. Or just- this has to happen by a certain age in your life. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of women, I think struggle with that too. Like, oh, you know, I want to have a career and, and explore this aspect of myself, the professional, you know, female in, in me. And then I do want to have a family and like, okay, so when does that happen? How does it fit in? What's going to mm-hmm. happen in my career, you know, before, during and after. And, and then you, know, like you said, if there's a challenge, then crap. <laughs> now what? <laughs> yes. And then I think like, you know, um, a part of it too is, you know, like you said, know yourself. And like, for me in my journey, a big part of it is, is my faith. Mm. Just like never feeling alone. And like, even if there's no one that I, you know, that I'm talking to, it's very different now because now there's a lot of, I feel like support groups and it's out in the open. It's, it's sad to say actually more common now, or maybe more women are just speaking up. But back then it's like, it's a scarlet letter, like, oh, you're infertile <laughs> or you're, yeah. you know. No, I, like- I do think it is more common. I read a book by uh, Shanna Swan called Countdown. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. So I love this book and I think it's really interesting how she's focusing on the male mm-hmm. aspect and, you know, cause there, I think that's the other thing too, is like, there's just so much pressure. Like, yes, we female bodies are the ones that, you know, incubate the tiny being, <laughs> but you know, there has to be that contribution from the male side biologically. The other half. <laughs> yes. And so I do, I found that book fascinating about all the ways that, and so for anyone out there, I definitely recommend uh, reading it or getting it on audible because it is, it's very, uh, it's a science heavy book, but she makes it very digestible. And to me, it was fascinating all the different ways that all of the things that you and I have talked about today impact male fertility as well and the health Mm -hmm. of the sperm. And that a lot of miscarriages actually are, you know, they're finding out that it's because the sperm might have been compromised, not necessarily, you know, a a toxic environment in the, in the womb or, or something like that, you know, (laughs) it's male factor, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And then women beat themselves up over it, but like, okay, well it takes two. Yes. 
It does. Yes. Such as, such as life. (laughs) Awesome. So do you work with uh, clients mainly in Alaska or tell us about your practice and who you work with and how to find you and those, all those good things. So my daytime actual job (laughs) is as a women's health nurse practitioner, but online I actually do wellness coaching. Mm -hmm. So I have to make that clear division that, you know, online I'm, I'm a coach, I'm a consultant and I'm not your provider. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I, you know, I tackle different things if I'm coaching clients online, like their lifestyle and their nutrition mm-hmm. and then the toxin reduction, you know, just getting your body prepped for conception. So yeah, I do have a website, bluevalewellness.com. And I'm also on Instagram, also Bluevale Wellness. And I'm actually writing a book. I'm in the process of writing a book. Oh, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. About infertility. So, um, I would urge, you know, people who want to either prep their body for it, for um, conception or um, want to know more about the journey and they don't want to feel alone to get on my VIP mailing list. So then I can keep you abreast of what's going on. And in the meantime, before the book comes out, you know, just like give you more resources and information so Mm. so you can kind of take care of yourself and at least have like more awareness of what's going on you know, for your body. Yeah. And what to expect. And again, like you said, so that you feel, you know, hopefully not alone and at Mm -hmm. minimum less alone. (laughs) (laughs) At best, not alone at all. And at minimum less alone. So that actually, I do want to ask you one more question that Uh uh, just to see um, your opinion, would you say that there are any foods to absolutely avoid if you're trying to get pregnant or or struggling with your fertility? Or is it more well, just like okay. keep a clean eating style or like? I, I, I was going to say no, but then I just thought about um, sugars. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So I feel like that's a good rule of thumb, regardless of where you yes. are in your healing journey. But mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So that, so I assume that because it's, it's the inflammation pathway. And so you're feeding that and then your infertility is just um, maybe getting worse if you're inflamed with the sugar. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not to say that you give it up and um, just like totally not have any sugars. There's always healthier alternatives and just like paying attention to the glycemic index of specific foods Mm -hmm. or specific sugars. Mm -hmm. um, And you just choose the one that's the lowest glycemic index. And then you don't have to deprive yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would say that too. Actually, a client asked me this today. We were talking about sugars and carbs and, you know, implementing change. And he asked me, do I, what about honey and maple syrup? Do I have to give those up? And my answer was, if you're willing and ready to give up the processed sugars, like cereal and, you know, mm-hmm. and those types of things, then I think it's okay that you have honey and maple syrup because those are healthy raw sources of sugar from the earth, from bees, from the trees, you know, uh-huh. like again, but in moderation, of course, exactly. but yeah, I don't think that we have to live these completely deprived lifestyles in order to get better and to heal and to reach our goals. But, you know, it is one of those things 
and this is a conversation I have with my dad too. I'm sure we all have these conversations with friends and family. It's, you know, it's like, well, if you can give this one thing up over here, then you can have this one, this other thing over here. And so it, there is a balance, but mm-hmm. some people just hear the, all the no, 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 no's. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. and so again, like we come back to the mindset. So then they convince themselves that they quote, can't eat anything. It's like, no, mm-hmm. really, you have all of these other things you can eat. <laughs> yeah. Like I was actually, yeah, you talked about your dad and now I'm going to talk about my mom. Um, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was talking to her about like choosing like low glycemic index and, and I was asking her, so are you walking? And she's like, yeah, I walk. And then I get hungry while I'm walking. So I, the end of her walk is a bakery. So she oh. said, oh, she has a croissant. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you just negated the walk that you did. And she goes, why is croissant bad for him? I'm like, yes, it is. It's so bad for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly. good. But I mean, like every now and then it's okay. But like every time she walks, she has it. And then she she said, okay, well, I'm not going to have a croissant. I'll just, I'll just get a bagel. It's like, seriously, you yes. think that's your choice? <laughs> yes. And so I think that's just a perfect illustration of how, like how our food is really in our nutrition education is so generational, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it sounds like you and I were, came up around the same time frame and with the same like food industry messages that we're mm-hmm. like, you know, consuming all the time. And so I'm so grateful that now we get to be the messengers of mm-hmm. health and healing and what's what can help us and is delicious and yummy. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's really it's all about finding healthier alternatives. So like I like rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> um, but I don't want to give up rice. So I look for healthier alternatives. I get brown rice and I mix quinoa with it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, is there anything else uh, before while we wrap up that you have a burning desire to mention or that we haven't talked about or that you want to bring light to? Um, I think I already did. Oh yeah. I just small changes for women. Like mm-hmm. you had mentioned earlier, like if you make one change in your kitchen to get rid of toxins, um, get rid of the plastic <laughs> and glass and choose glass containers. And if you flip over those plastic containers and look at the bottom, there's a number to it. Mm-hmm. So numbers five, four, and two, and the rest of the so if you just think yourself five, four, and two are good and the rest are bad for you. Okay. Five, four, and two. Got it. Yes. Um, so yeah. And then track your cycles. <laughs> track your cycles. Yes. Yes. And if you see something amiss or you start to see trends, then contact your healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. And then also too, I always say this, if you are not feeling heard by your healthcare provider, don't be afraid to go shopping, shopping mm-hmm. for your healthcare provider, because you should be the one interviewing them they work for you. They are there for your health and wellness. And if they're not Mm -hmm. helping you achieve that, then it's time to move on. Don't feel like you're married to your healthcare provider, whoever Mm -hmm. that is. (laughs) Yeah. And at the same time too, it's just, you know, it's also a matter of asking the right questions. It's, it's like, okay, they'll, they'll have the answers for you, but you know, it's like, they got to know what you're asking or what you want, what your goal is. And at the same time, you got to give them the piece of information so you guys could work together. Yeah, it has to be a dialogue. And so that's the other thing it comes into like uh, being an active participant in your healthcare. So before you Mm -hmm. go to your appointment, 
sort of have an idea of what you want to talk about, even if it's just a wellness check, you know, mm-hmm. you know, think about it like, Ooh, do I want my, you know, doctor, nurse practitioner, whoever it is, do I want them to look into this aspect or do I want them to check my cholesterol or like whatever it is? Cause that makes it, I think more rewarding for the practitioner and they will want to be more involved. You know, and it's a two way yes. street, you know, just like any other relationship. Yes. So yes, I'm glad you yes. brought that up. That's for it sure. Is. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun and I appreciate all your expertise and insights. And I will, again, like put all your contact information and any other links that you want to um, provide up on the show notes. So make sure you check that out and you can find Christy again at bluevalewellness.com. Thank you. All right. Thank you. 